0: So it's safe to say this morning that your speech is an indi- indication of your faith. The gospels declare that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So your mouth and your words is an indicator of the level of your faith. They prophesied and they declared over their own lives they are going to die in the desert. I want to make a statement this morning and you need to catch this. Your meditation will become your manifestation. Your meditation will become your manifestation. That which you meditate upon. Listen to me this morning. You need to catch this. I feel strongly in my spirit. That which you meditate upon will manifest in your life. They meditated on the fact that they are going to die in the desert and they did. Their meditation became their manifestation. Now church, I want to ask you in this crazy time of 2022 that we are living in with coronavirus and economic turmoil and frightening headlines. What are you meditating upon? What are you believing? Which report are you believing?
1: Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message.
0: You know, um, we've been married now for just, we, met, we made three years at the other day, and we have two children to show for it, so it's going good. <laughs> you know, um, I receive many messages online, it's so strange, and people send me messages online and tell me that, you're under for a preacher of the gospel, you get children, lots of children, very fast. You know, I replied to them and I said, the Bible says, be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Fill the earth. And so my, my wife and I took that commandment very seriously. <laughs> and so we are filling the earth with our children. A little turkeys. Amen. 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 It's so awesome to be here this morning. You know, while I was preparing uh, this message uh, to come and preach here, um, I was reminded of a, of a story or a, a, a time in my life that played off when I was six years old. I was in grade one, and in 2001, you know, I was six years old. I was uh, in this first grade uh, school year, um, and uh, um, I was so excited to be here. I, I always thought highly of myself. You know, I was humble through the years, but I thought I can do anything. That I have access to anything. There's nothing I cannot accomplish. I had great courage. And uh, one day at school, one Monday morning at school um, in grade one, I heard that there's going to be like a pre draft you know, a fun run of five kilometres. And obviously because I, am, you know, I love sport, I love running, I love doing all these uh, activities, I went to my teacher and I said to her that I would like to do this fun run. And she looked at me and she said to me, your, your legs are too thin and you are too small, you will not be able to complete five kilometres. And I was offended and I told her I am going to run this five kilometres. And she said, well, if you can get um, your permission from your parents, you're more than welcome to run this five kilometers. And so I went home and I got my mom and my, my dad in the kitchen and I told them, listen, there's a five kilometer fun run at school. I want to run it. And like any good mother, my mom said, Nie, yes, my <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to make it. And uh, um, I, was, I was offended by my mom. And I, I thought, who do you think I am? I can, <laughs> I can do this. And I looked at my, at my father standing quietly in the kitchen corner, and I hoped, I hoped secretly in my heart that my dad's going to override my mom. And so I said to my dad, Dad, how about you? And my father spoke to me, and he, he, he stared in, into my eyes, and he said to me, If you want to, you can. You can do it. Confidence, confidence rose up on the inside of me, and I went back to the school. The following day, and I told my teacher, Listen, my dad said I can do it if I want to. <laughs> And uh, she said, well, then you can do it. And so the Saturday morning approached, and uh, it was time for this fun run. So I was stretching my legs, and uh, I was getting my my run on. And uh, I had a a few friends uh, that was with me in grade one uh, that said they want to run with me because, you know, they were afraid. But when I got the ball ball rolling, they joined in. And so here here we are uh, running this fun run. And the gun went off, and we started running. And uh, about, about one, 1.5 kilometers into the race, I saw a lot of people falling out uh, out of the race. They were g- grow, growing tired. We were you know, primary school students, grade 1s grade and 2s, and up to grade 7. And I saw uh, the children falling out one after the other in this race. And uh, I had a little friend running with me. His name was Yanni. He didn't have any front teeth, but I didn't as well, so it didn't matter. <laughs> and so we were running. And uh, while we were running, he started also getting tired. And he said to me, Andre, listen, we are getting tired. This people is falling out of the race. Let's quit. We, we did good for great ones. Yeah. And so I said, no, man, let's finish this. We can do this. Let's keep running. And so we ran and we ran and we, and we ran. And the, 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 the further we got, I saw people all over falling out of the race. And the more... Uh, um, the, I saw the people falling out of the race. The, this friend of mine, Yanni, kept telling me, Yo, Andre, we did good. Let's fall out of the race. I'm done. I am tired. And suddenly while I was listening to him, I started to feel that my legs were aching and my lungs were aching, that I didn't have the capacity to, to finish this race. And I, the, the words of the teacher came up in my heart saying that you cannot make it. You are too small. And I started looking at the people around me falling out of the race and my friend telling me, You're not, we're not going to make it. We don't have what it takes. And suddenly. I felt tired, but as soon as I came to a point where I wanted to quit and give up, the voice of my father came up on the inside of me and said, Johanna, if you can, you you will, if you want to, you will, and suddenly I felt more power coming into my little legs, and and I started running, and I finished that race, and in the process, I ran multiple grades, um, and, and, and the teacher asked me afterwards, how did you do it? And I said to her, ma'am, my father said, if I want to, I can. And church, this morning, I want to tell you that there's a father in heaven that's shouting to you, if you want to, you can. Listen, Jesus said, Jesus said, My sheep, hear my voice. We are not supposed to listen to any other voices. We are not supposed to listen to our teachers or people around us or the the headlines around the world. We are supposed to keep our eyes focused on the author and the finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ. He is is cheering us on. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses that are hoping and cheering us on to finish this race of faith in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Let's get into the Bible. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, let's go uh, to uh, Numbers chapter 13 verse 1 and verse 2 and then verse 27 and 28. Hallelujah. Numbers uh, chapter 13 verse 1 and verse 2, verse 27 and verse 28. Praise the Lord. So at this passage of scripture where we are going to read now, the Bible says that Israel is on the verge of entering the promised land, entering Canaan. You know, they, they, they were slaves in Egypt for 400, 400 years and the Lord gave them a promise that he's preparing a, a place called Canaan, a place where the, a, a land is overflowing with milk and honey. And the scripture says that they, they were led out by Moses out of uh, Egypt and out of slavery into uh, the promise, on their way to the promise. And they were on the point of you know, uh, going into the promised land. And God spoke to Moses. Uh, But you would think at that moment, because Israel have seen such great miracles, signs, wonders and miracles, they would be filled with faith. That they would have great faith momentum because they've seen, you know, God show up with with power in the form of the ten plagues when he delivered them out out of Egypt. They saw how God parted the Red Sea and how he washed their enemies away with that same sea. They saw God's power and glory you know, manifested before their very eyes. So you would, would think that they are filled with faith. They, are, they have great faith momentum, that they are ready to take the promised land. But listen to what happens in Numbers chapter 13, verse 1, verse 2, verse 27 and 28. The Bible says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe... Um, from each tribe of their fathers, you shall send men, every one a chief among them. Then 27 and 28 says the following And they told him, We came to the land which you sent us, it flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Enoch there. So, Israel is on the verge of entering the promised land, and the, the the Lord speaks to Moses and says to him, choose 12 spies to go and scout the land for 40 days and tell them to come back with a report. The Bible says that Moses chose the 12 spies and they went for 40 days and they scouted the land and they saw that this land was everything that God promised them, that it was a land overflowing with milk and honey, that it was a vast land, a strong land, and this was a land that God wants to give to them. After 40 days, the Bible says these 12 spies returned to Moses and they were to report back on what they have seen. The Bible says that 10 spies said to Moses, listen, this, this nation, this land is everything God said it is. It is overflowing and they were showing them grapes and fruits of the land which they brought to Moses. It is everything that God said it will be. However... The land is vast, the land, the land is fortified, there's great big people living there, and we cannot take the land. We are like uh, uh, grasshoppers in their eyes and in our own eyes. But the Bible says that Caleb and Joshua spoke, the other two people that went along. And they quiet down the congregation and they said, let us go at once and take the land because God is giving it to us. We can take it now. But the Bible says that the nation of Israel believed the bad, the negative report that the other 10 spies gave. And they were getting irritated with Joshua and Caleb that was so full of optimism that that they they believed we can take the, the land, the Lord is with us. You know, while I was studying the scripture, I asked the Holy Spirit, Lord, why is it that 12 men goes to the same nation, goes to the same land? They see the same blessing and they see the very word of God being manifested before their very eyes, but they come back with different reports. How can it be? And while I was meditating on this and praying about this and studying the scripture, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said to me, son, the reason they came back with two different reports was because the 10 spies saw, but Joshua and Caleb heard. You need to catch this this morning. The ten spies saw, but Joshua and Caleb heard. Listen, I read to you Numbers chapter 13, verse 1 and 2, that God said to Moses, go and look at the land that I'm giving you. It is yours. So to Joshua and Caleb, it was irrelevant what challenges the land would present because they had a word from God. They were not looking at the challenges. They were not looking at what what um, you know, impossibilities lie in front of them. They had a word from God, but the other ten saw the challenges. Listen, friends, I will submit to you this morning that we as followers of Christ we don't, do not not function on what we see the Bible says we live by faith and not by sight Joshua and Caleb did not care what they saw it was irrelevant to them what they saw they were not blind to the challenges but they were more convinced by the word of the Lord they believed the word of the Lord they believed that God is, a, God is, a, God is faithful to his word that what he has said he will do but the nation of Israel decided to believe the negative report, and the Bible said that God grew tired of them God grew, hy is vir hulle die haar koppige hart hoorende wederstrevige Israelite so as Afrikaanse vertaling het sê, he grew tired of them Hallelujah. Hans, you, 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 you are joking, you know my first language is Afrikaans, second language is tongues, and then English, so, so praise the Lord, Hallelujah. And so God, is, God got to a point where he grew tired of the, the unbelief of Israel. And he said to Moses, I'm going to kill them. They must die. They must die. They're going to die in the desert. And, God, and Moses says, no, Lord, please don't, don't let them die. And God, and God said, listen, this generation will die out in the desert, but the next generation will go in. Joshua and Caleb will go in as well because they believe the word of the Lord. Yeah. And so 40 years, they wandered in, in, in the desert, and that generation died out. You know, while I was looking at the, that, I was saddened by it. Because it was not the will of God for them to die in the desert. Because the Lord said, go and scout the land that I'm giving you. They, that generation was part of that you I want to give it to you. But because of unbelief, they missed out on the promise of God. I want to make a statement this morning and say to you, unbelief does not postpone the blessing of God. It cancels it. You might be saying, You Andre, that's a wild statement to make. And God is a God of mercy and God is a God of grace. Yes, He is. But you should understand that as believers, we are only partakers of the blessing of God through faith. We partake of the blessing of God through faith. Um, Even Jesus was limited in his hometown with miracles because of unbelief. The unbelief limited the miracles flowing in their lives. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that without faith it is impossible to please God. If you do not believe God, you will not see the things of God. What are you believing this morning? What are you believing this morning? Whose report are you believing this morning? So Israel died in the desert. They, that generation died in the desert, and they missed out on the promise. And I was looking at this scripture, and I thought by myself, Yo oh God, you killed them, eh? You, you, got rid of them." And then the Holy Spirit started dealing with me on that scripture. And he said, "No, you, Andre, I did not kill them. I did not kill them. They killed them themselves. You know, from the beginning, if you if you go back all the way, the moment Israel left Egypt and they got uh, before the Red Sea and they heard about." Uh, Pharaoh coming with all his forces to capture him and kill him and attack him. They cried out to Moses, and they said to Moses, Moses, listen, has God led us out, out of Egypt to let us die in the desert? And God showed up, and He parted their waters, and they went through. And a few days later, they are thirsty. And then they cried out to Moses, listen, did God lead us out of, of Egypt just to let us die in the desert? They were constantly saying, we're going to die in the desert. How, be, how many of you know that Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, and he, writes and he says the following words. He says, because you believe, you speak. So it's safe to say this morning that your speech is an ind- indication of your faith. The, the Gospels declared that out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, so your mouth and your words is an indicator of the level of your faith. They prophesied and they declared over their own lives they are going to die in the desert. I want to make a statement this morning and you need to catch this. your meditation will become your manifestation. you need to catch this this morning your meditation will become your manifestation. That which you meditate upon. Listen to me this morning. You need to catch this. I feel it strongly in my spirit. That which you meditate upon will manifest in your life. They meditated on the fact that they are going to die in the desert, and they did. Their meditation became their manifestation. Now, church, I want to ask you, in this crazy time of 2022 that we are living in with coronavirus and economic turmoil and frightening headlines, what are you meditating upon? What are you believing? Which report are you believing? You know, I want to tell you a little story. Um, in 2020, no, in 2019, sorry. In 2019, um, I got home one, one afternoon and um, I was preparing to preach. I was sitting on my couch in my living room. Um, we had little gatherings at our home. We called them Monday meetings. Luandi was there with us. Now she lives in this place in Cape Town. Shame. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so I was preparing to preach at the Monday meetings, like we call them. And uh, my wife called me and she said, And I'm like, I'm under pressure. I need to prepare. The, the people are coming. I need to get this done. And my wife cried out to me and she yelled at me, And so I went into the bedroom and she was sitting on the bed with a little box in front of her. And I thought to myself, oh no, she's pregnant. <laughs> and so she said, uh, she said to me, no, no, open, just, just open the box. And so I said, oh, thank God she's not pregnant. This is just a present for me. And so I opened the box and she's pregnant. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, Lord, um, yes. <laughs> and uh, we were so excited. I was so excited about, you know, I'm going to be a dad. And uh, a couple of weeks later, we made an appointment to go see the, uh, what is it? Yeah, Diane. And... and uh, <laughs> And so we went to see the gynecologist and we're so excited because a lot of our friends told us that, you know, when you hear the heartbeat for the first time, it's just incredible. It's just incredible. And so we went to the gynecologist and we were so excited and we were waiting for her to call us into the, the, the room. And we went in and, uh, you know, Sammy got undressed and they did the, the sonar. Yeah. sonar, whatever, yeah, sonar. And so immediately we could hear the, our baby boy's heartbeat. And it was incredible. And we were like in awe of this heartbeat. And we saw the boof, boof, boof. And the next moment we heard this lady say, wacht, 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 there's something wrong. And I got like you know, the chills. I was like, what's, what's wrong? And she said to us, there's like a, a growth or something on the baby. It's one of two things, or it's a growth, Or it can be a a twin that did not make it. And she looked very nervous. And because she was nervous, I was very nervous. And and she said to me, the baby is too small. We need to come back in a week and a half time. And then she will have a look again. Man, we went home and we were overwhelmed with anxiety. And I thought, yo, I can't tell my mom, we can't tell our family, they would lose it. So we thought uh, by ourselves, we're going to keep it to ourselves and we're going to wait a week out. And obviously, as you can understand, the week and a half felt like a year and a half. And so, you know, I was sitting in my room, um, in in my lounge one day on the cold. Tiles against the wall and anxiety and fear and anxiousness were hanging in our home. You know, you can sense it in the atmosphere. My wife was lying on her bed um, in the room and we didn't even speak to one another. I was sitting on the cold tiles and I was overwhelmed. And while I was sitting there uh, fighting with the reality of what there's something maybe wrong with my child, the devil starts, started speaking in my ears and he said to me, Your child's not gonna make it, he's gonna die. There's going to be something wrong with him. He's going to be uh, uh, you know, paralyzed or there's something going to be wrong with, it, with him. And while I was sitting there and I was so overwhelmed and the enemy was just, you know, suddenly while I was sitting there, the spirit of the Lord came upon me. And he said, "You Andre, whatever you prophesy will manifest." And I stood up under the power of the Holy Spirit, and I said, "Little boy, hear the word of the Lord. You will live and not die. You will be healthy, and you will live in Jesus' name." And every night, I went when I laid next to my wife while she was sleeping, I would put my hand on her stomach, and I would say, "Son, hear the word of the Lord. I believe I I was certain it's going to be a boy." So I said, "Son." Hear the word of the Lord. You shall live and not die. You are healthy. God has a plan for your life. No attack of the enemy will steal anything from you. In Jesus' name. And so a week later... A week later, we went to see this, this gynecologist. But suddenly, it was a different Juandre. I was full of faith because I know I, I heard from the Lord. I knew that I had to make a decision in that very moment. Whose report will I believe? The report of the doctor? The report of the enemy that's speaking into my ears? Or the power of God that came upon me? Listen, friends, we, wa- we walked into that room and they did that thing again. And my baby, my baby is healthy. He's a beautiful... He's a beautiful little boy. He's a beautiful... I had to make a decision in that moment. Will I believe the negative reports? Will I believe what the doctor said? Will I believe what the enemy is saying? Or will I believe the word of the Lord that says we will live and not die? and declare the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My boy is healed. And friends, I want to tell you today that we are bombarded with negative reports. If you go on Facebook and social media and all the social media platforms, we are bombarded with negative things. But I want to submit to you this morning, it's time for you to get your face out of Facebook and your face into God's book to hear what the Lord is saying. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because you need to understand, you need to understand this morning, you will be filled with one of two things. The, the truth of God's word or the lies of the devil. Yeah. What are you believing this morning? With what are you being filled this morning? You have an obligation as a follower of Christ to fill yourself with the word of God. The Bible says in the book of Joshua, if you meditate upon this book day and night, hallelujah, everything that you do will be successful. David said, I have have hidden your word in my heart, hallelujah, so that I will not sin against you. Listen, if you want to live a victorious Christian life, if you want to be above and not beneath, you need to prioritize the word of God so that you can believe God's report, so that you can believe what God is saying about your life, young man sitting with a black. You need to believe the word of God. You need to fill yourself with the word of God. I cannot do it for you. Heinz cannot do it for you. You need to do it for you. You need to choose what you are listening to. To Joshua and Caleb, it was irrelevant what challenges that that nation was presenting because they had the word of the Lord. Go and scout the land I am giving you. Friends, there's promises that's on to your disposal this morning. But you need to partake of it through faith. Are you believing God or are you believing what the headlines are saying in the report? And all this nonsense that people are um, spooking out of their monde. (laughs) What are you believing this morning? In Acts chapter 28, the Bible says that Paul is on his way. He is a prisoner. He's on his way to... uh, to uh, Rome, but they got into a great storm, and then they were shipwrecked on the island of Malta, says the Bible, and so when they uh, came onto the island, the Bible says that the the island people, the inhabitants, or whatever you want to call them, inhabitants, uh, were very, you know, uh, they were friendly towards them and they received them uh, with joy. And so they make, made a great fire because it was very cold. It was raining. It was stormy weather. And so this, this people of the island made a, a fire for the people that came off the boat, which included Paul. And the scripture says that while they were sitting around the fire, Paul stood up and he went to gather some wood to throw it onto the fire. And the moment he threw the wood into the fire, a viper bit him in his hand. him in his hand. And the people of the island looked at the situation where the viper is hanging from Paul's hand. And they said to one another that this man will surely die because of the venom of the snake. The reason they said that was because their experience and their belief on the island was that when a snake of that caliber bites you, you will swallow up and die. You will swallow up and die. And so they were looking at, at Paul, waiting for him to start swelling and to die. But while they were waiting for him to drop dead, he was healing other people. And they saw that the venom had no effect on Paul. And they came to the conclusion that Paul was a god. You know, while I was looking at the scripture, I saw that even though that people on the island had, a, had convictions and beliefs on a certain island, it was irrelevant to Paul. But because even though Paul was on the island, he was not from the island, so he didn't share the beliefs they had, did not share the experiences they had. Friends, I want to say to you that even though we are in this world, we are not from this world, so we do not function on the rules and the regulations of this world. We function on the word of God that says we will live and not die. Hallelujah. But some of us have started to believe that the venom of the snake will kill us. Yeah. Have you started to believe that it is your end? That your business will, will not uh, uh, succeed? That your business will come to an end? That your marriage will not succeed? Have you started to believe that your end is near? Have you started to believe that the sickness you are struggling with will kill you? What are you believing? It's time, that, uh, it's time for the, the believers, the followers of Christ to stand up and to shake off the vipers in the fire. to to, to come to the conclusion that we will live. That circumstances will not determine our faith. Friends, listen to me. Do not be a Christian that is full of faith when things are good and doesn't doesn't have any faith when things are going bad. God is good even when things are not good. What are you believing this morning? What are you believing this morning? The Bible says, like Heinz said earlier, in this world we will have trouble, but take heart. Jesus said, for I have overcome this world. Amen. Hallelujah. We are fighting on the winning side. Yes. Let me, I want to let you in on the secret. We are conquerors yes. through Christ that strengthen us. But we need to believe the word of God. This book will be a fairy tale if you do not read it through faith. Yes. Hallelujah. If this word is not the highest authority in your life, you will, leave, will live a defeated life. But when you prioritize this book and say, Lord, I believe the report that says we will overcome through the blood of the Lamb, hallelujah, we will succeed, we will live and not die, we will be mighty in the land, we will eat the good of the land because we are willing and obedient, as the scripture declares, then you will see the manifestation of blessing in your life. Like I said, your manifestation or your meditation will become your manifestation. What are you meditating upon? On how many views you have on TikTok? How many people are following you online? That's irrelevant. When you are facing turmoil, your social media presence is irrelevant. When your life is falling apart, who you are is irrelevant. We need an anchor for our souls. He is that anchor. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And today, friends, I have come from Mosul Bay with one aim. You know, as an evangelist, people always think that you just want to get people saved. And yes, that's my primary goal, to get people saved. But you know, the evangelist is part of the fivefold ministry. And the function of the fivefold ministry, Scripture says in Ephesians, is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. But we cannot be effective in the work of the ministry when we are unbelieving believers. We need faith. We need faith to, stir, to be stirred in, within, on the inside of our souls. Are you full of faith? Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> Are you full of faith? Yes. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. We need to believe God. We need to believe God, friends. Yes. And today, today I have come to do one thing. To set you free from the lies Amen. and fill you with the truth. Amen. I want... My one goal this morning is so that you can walk out of this building, out of this place, full of faith, believing that what God says is possible. That you will see the good things come to pass, that you will see the blessings of God come to pass in your life. Today, many of you, I see it in the spirit now, in this moment, have started to believe the lie of the enemy. You have started to be, to be, you know, polluted by what the media is saying about the econo- economic turmoil. You know, the petrol price is rising, uh, food prices rising, situations are getting worse. But listen, friends, like I said, we are in this world, but we are not from this world. We do not function on the economy of this world. When the world is going down, you are going up. When the world is suffering, you are, you are just succeeding, flourishing. Amen. Listen, friends, we need to believe God. And today I want to b- break the strongholds of unbelief over your life. I do not want you to live a life um, void of blessing, void of, of, of uh, succeeding through, through the Word of God. We need to function from a position of the Word of God so that we can see the Word of God m- manifest in our lives. But what are you meditating upon? What are you believing this morning? I want to set you free. I want to trust with you that the Holy Spirit will come to set you free from unbelief. I want to rattle your cage this morning. I want you to walk out of this place today freed by the Spirit of God. The Bible says, when the Son of Man sets you free, you are free indeed. And so many of us, so many of us are living a bound life. You know, we, we profess Christ and we say that we love Jesus, but we do not see the victory of Christ living uh, manifesting in your life. That's because we believe a half of the gospel. The, 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 the one part of the gospel is that we need to repent and, and we need to be sanctified. But the other part is that we will flourish, that we will succeed, that we will demonstrate the goodness of God in the earth. But we need to believe it. And so when we have a heart full of unbelief, we will never see the blessings of God manifest in our lives. What are you Believing this morning? What are you believing? Your meditation will become your manifestation. Some of us have seen manifestations of bad things because we have meditated upon lies. What are you believing this morning? Hallelujah. Friends, I want to I I ask you to stand reverently. Let's, let's be still this morning. There's people in this, in this room now that needs to be set free from unbelief, from the lies of the devil, from things that you have been consuming, that has shipwrecked your faith. But today the Lord wants to bring healing, the Lord wants to bring restoration, and He wants faith to stir on the inside of you. I have, good, that, that I have shared many bad news this morning, but I want to share good news for a moment. Listen to me. God knew in His profound wisdom that we will come to places in our lives where we just do not have the faith we need to succeed. He knew it. That's why He gave us the gift of faith through the Holy Spirit. We have access, friends, listen to me. We have access this morning to the gift of faith. We have access to the wonderful counselor, the mighty God. But we can access it through faith. We access the gift of faith. Listen, to, through faith. We need to believe God. And to, today, we want to break the stronghold of the lie of the enemy over your life. And we want to pray to, and impart faith this morning into your life. How many of you have started to believe the lies of the enemy? You don't have to tell me. You know. How many of you have bowed down before lies? How many of you have submitted to the things the enemy is saying? Friends, listen to me. Jesus has paid a great price so that we can live a victorious life. We are not just saved to to, uh, escape hell. The Bible says that we are called to have dominion on the earth, to rule and to reign on the earth. We can only do it when we believe God's word. This is the sword we fight with. This is the position that we need to function from, the truth of the word of God. And so today I want to pray with you and trust the Holy Spirit to set you free from lies, from unbelief. Because you will miss out on glorious things that the Lord has for you this morning in Jesus. Now I can sense the Holy Spirit moving. you can sing a bit for us. I sense the Holy Spirit moving. He's touching our hearts this morning. We're going to pray now. Let's worship for a minute or so. And trust the Spirit of the Lord to, to touch you this morning. There where you are. I don't have to touch you. He will touch you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah close your eyes lift your hands to heaven and trust him to set you free this morning come on he hears the cry of your heart this morning he sees the condition of your soul this morning and I pray that when you walk out of this building you can truly sing it is well with my soul don't just sing it it must be your reality this morning come on the spirit is touching people all over this building this morning Friends, while I was uh, praying and laying hands on people, the Holy Spirit reminded me of a little story in the Gospels. You know, when Jesus died, um, he was put on the cross. Um, There was a man, the Bible says he was a prominent figure. He was called Joseph of Arimathea. He was a prominent figure among the Sanhedrin. And uh, he took courage. The Bible says that Joseph took courage. Tell the one next to you, take courage. He took courage and he went to Pilate. He went to Pilate. Listen, he went to Pilate, and he said to Pilate, "I want the body of Jesus." And so, when he asked for the body of Jesus, he was putting his name on the line, because you know he was among the people that crucified Jesus, the religious figures of the day. But he loved Jesus, and so he took courage and he put his name on the line to ask for the body of Jesus. You know, and then Pilate said to him, "You can have the body," and and he went and he himself took the body of Christ down from the cross, and he bought linen. And he washed the body of Jesus. And he wrapped him in the linen. And then he put him in in his own grave. Now, in that day, you know, poor people did not have graves. Only the rich people had graves. And so Joseph put the the body of Christ into the grave. He washed him. He um, covered him in linen. He put his name on the line for the body of Christ. You know, and while I was standing here, I heard the Lord say that we are to put our names on the line for the body of Christ. That we are to fight for the body of Christ. Listen, we need... We need to show up to make the kingdom work. You know, teamwork m- makes the kingdom work. Yeah. And so, for church, I want to speak to you this morning that I want to ask you, before I leave, you know, I'm not coming back. Well, I hope I am one day, but so I can, I can, I'm going to speak live. Yes. I want to ask you to stand with this church. You know, many people say to me, you Andre, I can't preach. Well, you don't have to preach. There's three factors in the life of Joseph of Arimathea. He made his hands dirty when he took Jesus, his body down from the grave, uh, from the cross and put him into the grave. He made his resources, his money available to buy linen for the body of Christ. And then he he washed the body of Christ. He served the body of Christ. So if you say you cannot preach, I want to tell you that you have resources as a business owner to make available to this church and to the body of Christ. Because this is part of the body. If you say I don't have resources and I cannot preach, well you can serve You can serve. You can serve, you can preach, or you can give resources. There's no... There's no excuse for you. There's no excuse for you. You have to serve. If you can't serve, you need to give money. If you can't give money, preach. Do whatever you can. Come to Heinz and say, Heinz, I want to serve the body of Christ. What can I do to see the plan and the vision that God has for Key Church flourish in Jesus' name? Listen, I want to say to you, this church can take over South Africa. This church can make a great impact if you and I show up. And serve and give and you know what do whatever that needs to be done in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. you.
1: Wow. We had no power, but we had the power that counts. Come on, that was powerful, so powerful, full of power. I felt the presence of God. I'm I'm so inspired, bro. Thank you. You're amazing. Let's give God a hand of praise for Andre and his wife. And today we heard whatever you, what you meditate on will manifest in your life. And what I really, really stood out for me was they didn't go on what they saw in the physical. They went on what they heard God said. And that is, that boils down to everything we've been talking about this whole year. Since our New Year's Eve message where God said frequency, I want you to tap into my frequency and I want you to generate the frequency of worship. And we've been talking about putting him first in everything in our lives. Amen. And he, Johandra, has just come and effectively come and reminded us so beautifully of what that all means. Practically, what I believe, really believe, I will see in my life. Whatever I'm speaking, whatever I'm confessing, that is what will happen. And it's true. I was sitting there going, man, that is true. And I'm I'm so glad I'm reminded of that. So let us make sure what we are filling ourselves with. And, and let us be sure to speak life. Even if someone comes that you know well, that you love well, that, and they come with this negative report, you say, yeah, well, what does Jesus say? What does his word say? Well, I'm sure that's what the headline says. But first of all, we don't know if we can trust the headline. Secondly, I know I can trust the word of God. So let's bring in the truth in all those situations. Let's make it practical. And if someone is speaking negatively, you choose to speak positively into that moment. They, will think, yeah, they may even think you sound a little loony. But you're like, no, I'm not coming from a place of delusion. I'm coming from a place of faith. I believe. My God said, so it will be. Amen? Awesome. Uh, it was great to be with you today. Uh, let's thank Johandre and his wife again for being here. Thank you so much. And I just want to extend an invitation to you guys that you will um, go to his website. And if God leads you to donate to his Ministry, I can make it even easier for you if you want to bless him and his family uh, because you received so much today. Please send an EFT to our church that you already have and you can just say... Uh, and we will make sure that it gets to him okay Uh, we did that last with israel and he was so blessed and thankful because we had people give really big for him Um, so we are very blessed about that and we want to do that again for this family Uh, that is such a blessing to the the the, um, family of god around the world which is amazing have a great day god bless you we'll see you at the baptism otherwise next week bye (laughs) and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.